All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, man? What is up? What an eventful week of football, college, and pro. What a way to really kick it off. I thought it was just a fantastic week of football. And if if we continue anything close to what we got week one, we are in for it all season. I cannot wait. It was just such a good weekend of football and ended it with a bang last night on a uh, kick that missed by six inches to end the week, which there was a lot of kicking going on this weekend. Yeah, kicking was definitely one of the highlights of the weekend, um, or non lack thereof, I should say. Um, regardless, kickers were definitely um, all over involved, your TVs. Yeah. yeah, definitely involved. All of your TVs highlighted. Um, some good, some bad. Obviously, a lot of a lot of big time kicks, a lot of missed kicks. I just thought overall the presentation of the weekend I thought was. Uh, was fantastic. I, I knew we'd get some high quality um, NFL football coming at us, and it delivered. Uh, a couple of things that not a lot of things shock me anymore, especially when it comes to the NFL. But um, there were some things that I was like, "Oh, okay," you know. Um, we'll talk about those here in a little bit. Uh, as far as the rundown of the show, we're gonna do power rankings for you guys. Um, we do this every single week, give you our top 10 teams. Um, fairly easy this week, in my opinion. The one thing I'm very curious as to where we rank each team, because I know you're higher on some teams than I am, but overall, I think we're going to have mostly the same teams. I would venture to guess maybe one different. Um, we'll ask each other some questions back and forth, and of course, we'll answer your mailbag, and that's where actually we're going to start off with. So. Uh, first question comes in from Cody Kroger. Um, what was up with the kickers in week one? Uh, and then he he goes on to say, the starters not playing in the preseasons, they have something to do with these good teams getting off to a slow start. So maybe I guess it's two different questions. Let's start with question number one. What was up with the kickers in week one? Truthfully, on, on my end, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. I, I don't know how else to say it. There's elite kickers in this league. And there's not so elite kickers, and even some really great kickers miss field goals. Um, some of the ki- the field goals were blocked, though. So, like, um, Evan McPherson had a chance to win the game against Cincinnati after a late touchdown, and Minka Fitzpatrick came up with, in my opinion, he had one of the finest defensive games of his life, but he came up with the game-winning block. Um, outside of that, I don't really have a great answer for the kickers. Other stuff I can get into, but as far as the kickers, it either goes in or it doesn't. Yeah, I think it was a normal week for kickers in terms of some miss, some make. I just think that because there was four or five games that came down to a final kick, that there was just a bigger emphasis on it. You know, the Steelers, there was a couple chances. That was a weird game where there was some misses, some blocks. But the Saints won it on a game-winning field goal. Uh, the Eagles-Lions comes down to a field goal game. Uh, the Browns win it on the final kick. Giants win it on the final kick. Broncos lose it on the final kick. Saints win it on the final kick. Like there was just a lot of last kick to end the game. Yeah. So it was just it seemed to be more of a highlight than just throughout. But I thought the kickers are relatively consistent outside of you know you know the McPherson stuff. But what people may not know if they weren't really tuned into the game is the long snapper for the Bengals had bicep injury was out so their third string tight end was snapping the first one it's a longer process minka gets in and makes a heck of a play by a safety wasn't even on the top 100 you know this last offseason let's not worry about it and then after that it was a high snap came down laces out i know everyone says 23 yards make a kick but it is what it is um it was just highlighted in, in the week, you know, just before that game, everyone watched Texas, Alabama on Saturday, came down to the final kicks, you know, and there was a 50 some yarder to take the lead. So I think it was just like some big games that kicking mattered on Saturday, bled into Sunday, and then there was a lot of final kicks. It just seemed to be more highlighted than I think every week there's makes and misses. You know what that tells me? There's competitive football being played. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what that tells me? We love football, and that's great for our TVs. So, Absolutely. Uh, his second question, the starters not playing in the preseason, does that have something to do with these good teams getting off to a slow start? I got a nice stat. You ready? Yeah. Quarterbacks that did not take a single snap in the preseason 
went three and eight. Hey, listen, you don't have to play your starters in the preseason if you think that these um, these quote unquote uh, dual practices, joint practices are are enough for your team. Just know that you might be using September as additional preseason games to kind of get yourself back. I will also say I'll bail out a couple of teams here. There were at least five off the top of my head without even thinking games played between what could be playoff teams. Like they could be playoff games. So that's just off the top of my head without even thinking there was at least five of those games. So five very good teams lost or quote unquote good teams or last year's playoff teams. Um, Time will tell, but what's your opinion on that? I think you spoke about this last year too. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to go a couple things all over the board. Um, one, I think it's a lot easier for good defenses to get off to a start or average defenses to look good. A lot of offense will have a lot of new pieces, new offensive lines trying to come together, maybe new weapons that you're trying to get into a groove with. You know, a lot of these good teams may have new coaches or new coordinators, And also, I would just say good teams getting off to a slow start. Maybe we're just naive for thinking we know who the good teams are before the games are played. So there is a chance that some of these teams just are better than we thought they were. Some teams may be worse. Um, I just feel like if you try and attribute week one win losses, points scored and all this and mistakes to the preseason, I just feel like there's going to be too many angles to negate every single like for this team being good without using it, this team's bad. This quarterback didn't work, but this one did. This defense is great. This one wasn't. Like, It's just week one. You know, everyone's getting their feet underneath them. And even when you're in the preseason, you see so much vanilla and so much basic stuff that doesn't really prepare you for the new wrinkles and stuff that people are going to throw at you. I don't know. Um, you'd like to get off to a fast start, but, you know, Tom Brady wasn't good in September for 20 years won seven Super Bowls. So I don't know how much it'll matter. Um, Weather's a factor, travel. There's a lot of divisional opponents and or uh, conference opponents. So teams that you've seen a lot or maybe you've seen last year. So I don't know what I would attribute it to. I just thought, um, man, I thought it was a pretty level playing field except for a couple games. Uh, Jen Fisher writes in, what team or teams surprised you this week? I said this a second ago. I'm rarely surprised or shocked anymore um, because I really do believe that all of these teams have the potential to win 10 or 11 games in the right situations. And But I will say that one team definitely was like, oh, okay. Um, I, thought the, I thought the Giants were way better than I thought they were going to be. That was definitely one. And shout out to Saquon Barkley, friend of the podcast. Uh, finally looks like he's healthy and ready to go. I know you're a big fan. That was my underdog pick for it was. Uh, offense play of the year and leading the league in rushing. We'll see if he can keep it up. But yeah, it was awesome to see him back. Outside of that, I have a lot of other things that necessarily surprise me than, than teams. Um, I'll give one more. Buffalo surprised me how bad they beat down the Rams. But I still think the Rams are good. So that's why it kind of surprised me because I didn't think Buffalo was that much better than the Rams. But, um, yeah, those are the only two. The Giants definitely were like, the okay, okay, maybe we got to watch you. Because I thought for sure the Titans would beat them week one. Just to mix up uh, three teams, two of them who lost but still surprised me. I'll start with uh, one quick, the Bears. Um, what they were able to do, the 49ers, but I know with the weather and Trey Lance, no Kittle, we might touch on this team a little bit later, but still, the Bears were able to win, and it was by two possessions. That was impressive. And then two teams in losses, the Falcons and the Lions. I thought both played much better against the teams they were playing than I thought they would. Um, Falcons, you could really argue, should have won that game against the Saints. And the Lions, Although I thought that they would give up points, I did not know they had a 35-point effort against the Eagles with no field goals. I thought they, uh, their offense looked tremendous against what I thought to be a really good defense. Um, I just thought those two teams were really surprising because I thought those were two teams that I kind of wrote off before 
the games even started and they played tremendously. Well, two things to what you just said. So I, the Falcons are another one. I'm glad you brought them up. Even though they lost, they looked way better than I thought they were going to. A matter of fact, they jumped out to a, a small lead. I don't remember exactly what the lead was. They had to abandon the run. It was like 17-6 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. The Falcons got there. out to it, right? 16-7. Yeah. yeah. And I literally thought to myself, how are they leading this game? Like, I, if, was, I was shocked. If, if, I, if they scored first in the third quarter, it would have been 23-7. Um, to seven. And then the Saints scored 17 in the fourth. Yeah. The second one, now I'm going to question you a little bit. So you said you weren't, you were kind of surprised by the Lions. I thought you kind of liked the Lions this year. I did, but with how high I was in the Eagles and how good I thought the Eagles were defensively, I thought their defense would shine more than their offense. The Eagles put up 38 points, but I thought if they put up 38 points, it would be 38-17, 38-21. The Lions had trouble scoring last season, and for them to put 35 down, I thought, like, that makes me even a little bit higher in the Lions, even in the loss for how high I was in the Eagles. If this team, I mean, and they scored in every single quarter, 7-7-7-14 at the end, so they were consistently good throughout the game. I just thought that um, that was a surprise on the Lions' offense specifically. Defense needs work, can't allow 38 points. And the Eagles only scored in two quarters. They didn't score in the first or the fourth. So they scored 38 points right before and after halftime. But I just, I mean, if we just go down the line, Bills, Rams, Steelers, Bengals, Saints, Falcons, 49ers, Bears, Patriots, Dolphins, Ravens, Jets, Jags, Commanders, Browns, Panthers, Colts, Texans, Giants, Texans, or Titans, Packers, Vikings, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers, they outscored every team but the Chiefs and the Eagles. The Lions scored the third most points in the NFL last weekend, and I never thought that was even on on the table. So, Do you think you were slightly in your own way because of how hard you are on the Eagles? The Lions had week one, sold out home opener, lots to play for, bad teams don't know they're bad. Do you think you got in I, your own way a little bit or no? I, I guess. I just think that. When the Lions got that big injury in the offensive line, I That's didn't think fair. their offensive line was that good. And they're going up no. against a stout defensive line, which they lost Derek Barnett for the year. But, I mean, there was times where you looked at that game and they were just blowing the Eagles off the line. And it's like, if you have a average defensive line, this Lions team is going to come at you. Because Jared Goff wasn't throwing the ball very well. There was a point, I think, at the end of the first quarter, he was like, three for four for like 10 yards or something like that. Like he couldn't throw, but they were really just running the ball so well. So 35 points is a, a lot to score to lose. So they got some things to work on, but seeing the Lions score 35 points, honestly, like I said, I think it makes me a little bit higher on the Lions after seeing them do that. Uh, next question, Jamie Lato writes in, what will be the biggest overreaction from week one? He says, I'll start. Russ is washed. I don't know if he's saying that Russ is washed or if he's being obnoxious. Um, Jamie's a diehard Broncos fan, so that's very interesting. It's a true that. overreaction. He might not mean it, but like after watching Monday night, you lose to the Seahawks. You know, you go over in the red zone. Tell you what, Russ isn't who he thought he was. Do you have one that you can think of, or can you man- manufacture one that you think is logical? Not logical, but like in as terms of right of now, overreaction. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to touch on Russ real quick. He walked up and down the field for the most part. He had 30, 340 yards passing and no turnovers. Um, they just got a finish in the red zone. And also they had like 12 penalties for 107 yards. Everything that went wrong with the Broncos is fixable. Just to help you feel a little bit better, Jamie. But the biggest overreaction is the easiest target. 49ers losing to the Bears. Trey Lance isn't the guy. Jimmy G needs to come back. That's That's got to be the biggest overreaction. But... He didn't have Kittle, and they they lost their starting running back, and they played in a monsoon on a new field that they were trying to squeegee water off of. That's that's some crazy backyard football, and Justin Fields, even though it's one year, I think experience won there. He was able to muster up 19 points in ugly fashion. 49ers had some turnovers. The biggest overreaction is that the 49ers are dead. 
However, the team most people believe would be the worst in that division is the only team that got a win. So the 49ers, I think, will be okay. But I think that unanimously will be the biggest overreaction is the 49ers losing to the Bears. Because a lot of people like 49ers, top 10 team, can the quarterback do it? Bears, top five pick next year in the draft. And it was just a big upset. So 49ers is going to be the biggest overreaction. I think the biggest overreaction is that people are going to probably assume that the Packers are going to be okay. I don't. <laughs> and I I picked them to the win division barely. I said that they would recover late. I don't know anymore. I, I've seen enough. Week one, I've seen enough. Maybe I'm overreacting. That's what's the fun of this question is. Holy cow, dude. I Aaron Rodgers continues to impress me in ways that like most quarterbacks don't. He is so incredibly selfish and arrogant and just crybabyish. Go ahead. Go no, just no. rip him. Rip him no, if no. you will. Well, I, I saw this one thing and I thought it was very fascinating. And someone said, with Devontae Adams leaving, why would Aaron Rodgers take this massive deal that kind of handicaps the team with no wide receivers? And the one dude who answered it was like, I know the answer. And he's like, because Aaron Rodgers gets off on having one arm tied behind his back. He's scared to death to have all the weapons and everything at his resource and fall short. And it's the only way he can be compared to other greats like Tom Brady. People say, look at what he did without such and such. He did it with one arm behind his back. They never drafted offense. They never kept his favorite weapons. And it's like, Aaron Rodgers gets up, that guy drops the deep ball, and he turns around, like, looks at the sideline. Christian, he never threw a pass. He only, I think they said he only threw one more pass, and it was in the fourth quarter desperation interception. He only threw one more pass that traveled further than 10 yards the rest of the game, almost to, like, spite the team for, like, their mistake. He's such a crybaby. Yeah, it, it was just like, I don't know, this team, I don't feel like they have good continuity. I think they've played a Vikings team that I've been super high on, much higher than I think a lot of people. But I agree with you. And I was just laughing on that take when you were like, Aaron Rodgers surprises me. It's like, he gets off on having the idea that when they lose, people are going to say it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. And he thinks that's what can keep them in that argument with the greats, a talent that never quite had the same playing. Brady has all these weapons. They won't give them to Rodgers. Taking fifty million a year, second largest cap hit, and just—I mean, it's that defense didn't live up to what they're supposed to be either. Justin Jefferson running out here, fair catching balls to thirty yards down. He's yeah. so good. He is so good. Kyle Miller coming in clutch, literally posting mailbag as we're potting. All right, Kyle, you're lucky we're answering these. Um, Kyle, faithful listener, writes in every week. Is Seattle a team that you for, you forgot it was supposed to be bad? Wait, is Seattle a team that forgot it was supposed to be bad? You guys absolutely shredded them on the live. First place, NFC West, didn't see that coming. Okay. I did not shred them on the pod. Okay? Matter of fact, I distinctly remember saying that Seattle would not lay down for the first game of the year against Russ. I've said that on both the division breakdowns and the live show, I stated they weren't not going to lay down. I did not think they would win. I did not think that they would win. I'll raise my hand and say that. But I didn't think they were going to get shredded week one. They will get shredded week two and beyond because they're not good. And Kyle, I'm, I'm sorry that's tough to hear. Obviously, this is a team that's been playoff bound slash Super Bowl bound for, gosh, a decade. But that decade has up and left to Denver. And I know you beat them last night, but barely. I mean, I literally did, barely. I did shit on the Seahawks. Um, also, um, I also talked about how I thought the wide receivers for the Seahawks were made by Russell Wilson. DK, seven catches for 36 yards. Tyler Lockett, four catches for 28. And Metcalf had a fumble. So they combined for 11 catches, 79 yards, and a fumble. It was two blown coverages by the Broncos for walk-in touchdowns, and they just could not get out of their own way inside the red zone. This game could have been a big blowout. It was minor things. Kudos to the Seahawks' um, defense. They played way better than I thought they would. Jamal Adams, not shocking that he's just not going to play again. That dude has been 
a mess the last four years. But, um, yeah, the Seahawks played well. Um, I don't think they're a great team. The 12s were in the building for sure. Um, I just think it was just, uh, you know, they might have the wrong head coach there in Denver. That's also a possibility. He did not have a great showing. Um, but also, I remember on the live pod, you commenting 30-14 to 14 Denver. So I don't think you thought they were going to win either. It's good to enjoy the win. Um, enjoy that win. Um, Absolutely. I don't, I don't know how far they go, but um, they played well last night. And I see you have um, first place NFC West did set coming. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I didn't think the other three teams would lose. I actually had the Rams and I had the 49ers winning. So that is kind of crazy. But I see you had one more question. Where do the Giants win next? I got the schedule. At home against Carolina this Sunday. Like. <laughs> Dude, we literally hated the Giants, and all of a sudden, after watching them play one week, their first five is extremely winnable. Look at their next three. Oh my I God. know. The Giants might start the season 5-0. Oh. <laughs> listeners, listen to this. Giants home opener this, this Sunday against the Panthers. Totally winnable. I'm not predicting the game. Totally winnable. Week three, Monday night football at home. No Dak, division rival. They could have had Dak. Stop. Giants hosting the Cowboys. Totally winnable. Week four, Giants hosting the Bears. Totally winnable at home. So that's three straight at home. Now we go on the road to a team that, if they're 4-0, maybe they don't know how bad they are. Giants on the road at Packers. Actually, that one's actually in London. That might be a yeah, London game. It is a London game. But how far do you have their schedule? Then they got the Ravens. Then they got okay, the Jags. Then the Seahawks. But, then the Texans. Yeah. Then the Lions. Then the Cowboys again. Then they go. All of a sudden, they're a 10-win team. Yeah, I mean, I know, th- this might be the biggest overreaction. It's, it's lag from that question. Just looking at it. Panthers, Cowboys, Bears. Let's say, let's give them three and one. You know, benefit of the doubt, not to overreact. Let's give them 0-2 versus Packers and Ravens. So they're 4-3. and three. Then they play Jags, Seahawks, Houston, Lions again. Let's say they go 3-1 and one in that stretch. They're 7-4. and four. Then they get Cowboys, Washington, Eagles, Washington. Let's say they go 2-2. Two and two. That's a 9-6 and six football team heading into their last three games where they do play Vikings, Colts, Eagles. So I think this – but this team could go around 500 for a team we had at three wins, four wins before the season. Multiple things have to happen here. A, first off, we didn't go very deep into this schedule because they sucked, at least we thought. If they can play consistent football and they don't turn it over, they get production out of Barkley, and they can actually get production out of their wide receivers, they can win a lot of games. They're not going to blow you over the top and beat you 30-10. to 10. That's not who they are, at least not yet. But if Brian Dable is actually an offensive genius and can get Daniel Jones playing at a high level and can really make Barkley an MVP-level player, then all of a sudden these games are on the table. I didn't give up on Saquon. I was able to get him in three of my four fantasy leagues, and I love watching go. that guy. I love yeah. watching that guy. Um, anything else on this? No, those are good good questions, though. Real good yeah. questions. Yeah, Kyle coming in clutch, too, dude. Um. I'm going to remove my first question because I feel like it was already asked by Jen. I worded it different, but that's fine. Um, I'm going to ask this one. Team, player, coach, whatever you feel like you want to answer this, I'll let you answer it this way. Who is the most undervalued after week one? Undervalued. Undervalued player? Anything. Team, player, coach, whoever. Who's just lurking because of just how week one went undervalued buy low sell high kind of thing under okay i'm just gonna throw one out and again we don't do the talk about yeah this the we're spitballing here i'm just going i'm gonna say kevin o'connell and the reason why i'm gonna say that is the rams won the super bowl and look at what their offense kind of looked like week one 
and then he went to the Vikings, and they gave it to the Packers, who have a ridiculous defense. Um, I think that Kevin O'Connell was really under the radar. He, they just think it was Sean McVay. Sean McVay had Kevin O'Connell the whole, whole time. I wonder how much input he had on Matt Stafford. Now we know Matt Stafford can be streaky. Um, there may be a better answer to this, but if we're just going to go off the cuff, off the top of my head, the Vikings played the Packers well, but they offensively did almost whatever they wanted, at least in the first half. They got a couple field goals in the second half. But um, for how bad the offense of the Rams look and how great it looked for the Vikings against the Packers, who are supposed to have a top-five defense, I'm just going to say Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, that's a really that's a really good one off the cuff like that. Um, I'm gonna give one too because it's my question. And I feel like I've had time to think about it. I have I have a lot of different ways I could go with this. I'm gonna go team since you gave coach. Baltimore Ravens, way better. They beat the Jets. So I'm not trying to bang them home. They were what I thought they were gonna be, but they won the opposite way of how I thought they would win which makes me think they're really scary. Like they passed the ball. They didn't even they didn't even run it. Look at the box score. They barely ran it. They threw the ball all all over the Jets. And if they can do that, that makes me think they're way better than I thought. So undervalued in my opinion. Yeah, they blew them out and in the fourth quarter lost 6 nothing. They basically mailed it in. Like the Jets got yeah. a late touchdown. Like they could have just kept running. They got better as the game went on. First quarter, three points. Second quarter, seven. Third quarter, 14. And then they just stopped playing football. Yeah. I also have a player, unless you got one. No, go ahead. I thought Julio Jones looked awesome. Did you uh, just real quick before the season started? I don't know if people saw this. Ian Rappaport said, out of the entire Tampa roster, he clocked the fastest time in a race. Like, and he looked better last game than he looked at all in a Titans jersey. Period. Yeah, there are reports that he's doing the TV twelve method. Just saying. Hey, uh, good for him. I, I don't. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. From what I've seen, especially that one deep ball down the sideline that he was able to kind of, you know, Collinsworth was going crazy over the catch, but I thought Julio looked great. Yeah. What do you got for me? First question is, which team that lost should feel the most optimistic? Okay, let me pull them up quick. There's several. Yeah, several. Whether, whether, whether you think it should be a team that should be optimistic and like, hey, we were meant to be good, we lost, we're still going to be great. Or a team that you thought was bad, lost close maybe, and is optimistic about still mm. having a good season. There's a I'll couple go, ways I'll, to look at it. I'll go two. So, the Bengals were the best team that lost, in my opinion. And the way they lost, they literally turned the ball over five times and barely lost the game. Now, mind you, they were at home, but... Uh, the Bengals, I think, are very good. That is a when you don't play at all over the course of, I mean, the last time they played was in the Super Bowl. They didn't take any preseason snaps. That's what happens. Um, as far as a bad team that won, I will. You know what? They didn't win. But gosh darn it! I literally said this on the live show. I sometimes I just need to stick with my gut. The freaking Texans, man. I, they don't lay down. At least not game one. I, whatever it is. They freaking battle, dude. Or, maybe Dougie Davis Mills, Mills is actually yes, good. Too. Yes. We're Davis Mills, Mills. Huge friend of the pod. Uh, dude, I thought the, the problem Texans is pretty good. problem is the Texans got outscored 17-0 in the fourth quarter. That's that's. <sighs> Yeah, they're did a the bad Colts, coach team, though. They're did a bad the Colts coach wake team. up, though? Like, did the Colts really find what works, possibly? Maybe. Maybe. So there's, but yeah, the Texans. That was a fun game. Do you have one for that? Um, I didn't really think about it about in terms of answering my own question, but um, I think the Bengals is right off the cuff an easy one. Like they yeah. almost set a record. I think it was like in the nineteen something last team to turn the ball over five or lose the turnover battle by five or more and still win the game. They were very close. I think you could even say uh, the Raiders. Um, oh, actually, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to last night. The Broncos. 
They had two fumbles on the half-inch line. They had, like, five red zone possessions and came away with, like, six points or something stupid like that. And outside of two blown coverages in the, the, like the, in the first half, they really didn't give up anything. I mean, Geno didn't throw for 200 yards as many completions as he may have had. Um, their corners played phenomenal. Like I said, DK and Tyler didn't do that well. Um, they got to figure out a little bit of clock management, first-time head coach, and get the ball into the end zone. But the Broncos should be like, man. But, again, that is the prime example of what we talk about. Like, the good teams got to make the bad teams look that way. Like, you can't let them hang around and potentially win games. I will say this, and shout out to the 12s. We already said this. That was the most hostile environment we've seen in a long time. And I felt like ESPN and Monday night, I feel like they did a good job of a lot of times like saying something quick and then kind of cutting the booth audio and letting us hear the crowd. Like even from the moment, like Russell Wilson's running out, he's in his return. And then like it took a second after Joe Buck was done and you heard him cut to the real audio and it really came through your TV and they really let you feel it. I feel like maybe they should do a little bit more than some other games too, especially on like third downs. Yeah. Um, my next question. I'm trying to word this the right way. Are the edge rushers just better than the offensive line at this point right now? So two things. I'm going to say yes. But two things. One, offensive line takes a lot of cohesion and communication. Yeah. Defensive line, beat your guy. Yeah. Like essentially. But the second thing is, is – um. I feel like pass rushers, there's bigger incentive because of how much they're being paid. So, like, as people come up, they're going to want to play that. I've always said I think defensive ends and edge rushers is the most athletic humans on the football field for their size, speed, and everything like that. And in week one, I just feel like it's going to benefit them. It may change over time, but... But, yes, edge rushers, I mean, in every game they were getting home, there was just sacks, hurries, pressures. Gino was able to get out of a lot of it last night. But even last night, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory were were manhandling those tackles for most of the night. So, yes, and a lot of teams, especially the good ones, are starting to pair a second great edge rusher with their other one. It's not just teams are saying, we need a good pass rusher. No, we need two, three, four of them guys. Like Khalil Max getting with Joey Bosa, Chandler Jones with Max Crosby. Alex Highsmith had three sacks opposite of TJ. So Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, we know we could go on on some of this list, but I think teams are starting because of how much passing is happening in the league. They're responding by loading up at the pass rush position, and we're just seeing more and more dominance. Also, you can substitute edge rushers throughout a drive or a game. Offensive linemen are in there every play. They also get tired, so kind of like a corner you can keep putting in new wide receivers yeah. that run four three four four but they have to stay out there and guard guys every play go ahead with your next one um my question is which team after week one needs to slam down on the panic button which team is in shambles if there is one no several i didn't want to talk about this team on this podcast at all because I'm, I have a lot of emotions. But the Patriots. Um, just so you know, my third question is: How are you feeling about the Patriots after Week One? Okay, so I won't talk about the Patriots. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um, another one would probably be. Man, I the I had higher expectations for the Colts. Honestly, that was another one. Um, I really thought the Colts would would be better than struggling to be Houston and failing to win their ninth straight home opener, eighth straight or whatever the hell it is, or first game of the year. And then the other one, uh, and this is for a completely different reason, not because one loss is the, the end all be all, but um, the 49ers, I think they need a hard panic button because it, it wouldn't be crazy for Jimmy Garoppolo to say, no, you're paying me to be the backup. I'm not playing for you this year, and I'm going to go somewhere next year. You've you've tweeted this enough. You know, uh, I don't think that thought's crazy. I just think that the 49ers have invested so much in Trey Lance, and 
a lot of people wanted to crown him. And that was the one thing I was being very reserved with the Niners because the Niners have a roster that can compete. I wasn't sure about quarterback play. That was my biggest reservation with the Eagles towards you as well. Um, and I don't feel like that after week one with the Eagles, but I do 100% feel that way with the Niners. I just haven't seen what I need to see out of Trey Lance. Yeah. Is that fair? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mine, I'm, just to save some time, I'm not going to put too much into it, but I thought they were needed to slam down on the panic button before the season started. It's the Dallas Cowboys. We all know all the reasons why I've mentioned them. Yeah. There's only one team that didn't score a touchdown this weekend. It was the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's now injured. Their tackles in their center are not looking good. They're, I mean, outside of Micah Parsons, their defense wasn't outstanding, but they did hold the Buccaneers to mostly field goals. Buccaneers are also a tough team. But um, Their quote-unquote best running back is overpaid and slow. With the NFC East looking better than we thought it was going to be, they're the only team that lost. And we just talked about the Giants' rec- or schedule. We talked about, you know, the Eagles, how good we think they can be. We've talked about mm-hmm. Washington and how Carson Wentz, although it's real hard to watch sometimes, he can produce Ws. So I think it's absolutely the Cowboys. And everyone saw the Cowboys, too. I mean, they were, they were in yeah. front of the entire world, and it wasn't great. I will say this: their defense looked all right. Yeah, Micah Parsons. They ball. were, they were, Parsons and and Lawrence are both getting to Brady. Parsons specifically was getting there. That's got to be good for Cowboys fantasy. Lawrence doing better. Yeah, I mean, literally, Brady didn't have his first touchdown until late in the game. They were getting field goals, but they couldn't yeah, finish. Yeah, and drive. it was a back shoulder, real nice catch by Mike Evans. Nasty catch. Who still wasn't talked about in the top five or ten receivers, but. Uh... I have uh, two more questions. I'm going to ask you one, and then I'll come back to the other one for last. Um, this was announced today. Brownie the Elf, scale 1 to 10, 10 being great, 1 being bad. I shit on it on a Facebook post just because it's the Browns. Yeah. I see that thing at midfield. I'm giving it a hard eight and a half, nine. I think it looks awesome. I think it's Really? Awesome. It's better than that big-ass brown freaking helmet in the middle of the field. I mean, I know people who might not listen to the pod only see my post might think that I'm going to, like, switch when they finally hear my real opinion if they ever do. But, no, man, I, I saw that, and I was like, hey, way to go for it, bro. Let's go. Like, I thought it was really cool. I'm giving it a hard eight, could maybe even a nine. Once I see it on, like, live television, like I said, it's better than that fucking that brown. <laughs> I do like it more than the helmet, but I think it's a missed opportunity. You've seen the dog, or somebody posted it on your on your Facebook post. You've seen the Robbie. actual dog. Put that at freaking midfield, baby, and let's go. Like, come on. But an elf, I guess, is okay. I'll he give it a brownie dog. I, I think like six wanted, and a half, seven. I think they wanted brownie also, so that like, I think there's a picture of the mascot out there on the field too. I think they want a mascot at the game as well. I think they want to mm. like maybe be able to sell merchandise on it, like a big. Yeah, like if that from a business standpoint, you can do that. Put brownie all over shirts, but put one that you know instead of an like an elf on the shelf. Come Christmas time during football season, you can use yeah. brownie or however they do that. So there's a lot of different ways that they could promote that for a business side of it too. Like I know Browns fans, you know, might might order a shirt or something with brownie on there. It's something they can rally behind. I think. All right, go ahead and ask your stinking question. Yeah, just uh, after week one, how do you feel about the Patriots? I uh, I had a buddy of mine over who was a Patriots fan, so did have it on one of the boxes on Sunday ticket, and um, I just thought it was not Patriots football. That's why it would look different than anything I had seen. Yeah. Um, without making this an entire Patriots pod, several things, but I'm going to touch on a couple of key points. Um, defense actually looks pretty good. And as good as everybody tells me Miami's offense is going to be, we held them to 20. And I thought we looked pretty good doing that. So I will say that. Um, Second thing, before we get into the offense, um, I just continuously find it extremely hard to give Bill Belichick a pass that he allowed not a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, not a franchise quarterback, but the greatest fucking quarterback that's ever walked this planet. You let him leave your building with no backup plan. It's just, 
it's so bonkers that it's not even it needs to be talked about more than it is in my opinion like it was talked about for a little bit and then we let's just let it go like no no this needs to be like more or less <laughs> talked about more and I always used to be a Billy Trust guy, and I still kind of am, but it's getting harder and harder. And watching like Brady leave sucked, but if Bill decided to leave, like I wouldn't even care at this point. Like it's just, it seems so frustrating, and I feel like I'm I'm watching the dinosaur age of football in his his coaching tactics. I know not a lot of people know who this is, but Kendrick Bourne. Very quality player for New England last year. He led. He was second in the team in catches. I think he led the team in yards, if I'm not mistaken. Basically a very good option for us. He only had two plays. And the first play was a run play. The second play, you ready for this? A 41-yard catch down the sideline. And they took him out for the rest of the game. I don't know if he's being punished, if he's in the doghouse. I don't have time for your Bill Belichick doghouse bullshit anymore. Like... We're limited at quarterback, and that's not a shot at Mac. I think Mac's pretty good, but we're limited there with what we have to offer. Do you know who has the highest paid skill positions players in the NFL? That would be the New England Patriots. Isn't it wide receivers and tight ends combined is like 71% of the cap? How are we this bad? Yeah. Also, not just Tom Brady leaving without a backup plan. How about Josh McDaniel? Yeah. I know he can't just, like, tell him he can't leave and take a job, but, like, you have no quarterback coach or wide receiver coach who's, like, been studying under McDaniels so that when he leaves, they can take that spot. Like, I thought that was kind of crazy that, like, it was just, like, Mac. Mac was 21 for 30, but it says he had a 9.7 QBR. I don't even know what that even, how that's possible. So, I don't even know how that's even really. Another thing, like, New England actually has a pretty good offensive line. Okay. It's not best in the league. It's not bottom five either. It's probably mid pack, maybe even top 10, but Mac Jones had the lowest amount of time per drop back in the entire league week one, the worst. So like the offensive line coach is supposed to be, you ready for this? Matt Patricia, who's never coached offensive line before our offensive coordinator. Ready for this? Matt Patricia, who's supposed to be talking to Mac and coaching up the offensive line, and both suck. I'm sorry. Like, there were opportunities that we could have won that game, and that's fine and dandy if that's the view you want to have on this, but New England is not good. They're going to beat only bottom-barrel teams. Anybody that's got a pulse, we're going to lose, especially if we're playing this doghouse bullshit. Yeah, I got nothing else. Um, MVP after week one. I asked you this last year. You get one. Basically, you got one week of games. Who's your MVP today? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's pa- Patrick. Fair. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. He got the he got the game turned off. So okay. What Brad is talking about, if you don't have the NFL Sunday ticket, okay? Actually, I should should rephrase this. Even if you have the Sunday ticket, the national broadcast 430 game was the Chiefs and the Cardinals on Fox, okay? Unless you live, um, unless you live in a place that, not even Kansas City, you had to live where they weren't broadcasting the game to have it on the NFL Sunday ticket. Everyone else lost the coverage of the game. Even the people in Kansas city, how like how crazy because they're literally annihilating. They were annihilating the Cardinals. She still scored after it got turned off. <laughs> Bonkers. Bonkers. I mean, five touchdowns, three sixty-eight. That was a big Josh Allen who tour begins. I think Mahomes is going to be on a tear. And I think I learn more and more about the NFL. The more I try and bet it, the more I do a podcast. And, like, it's Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. How naive was I to think that Tyreek Hill would mean, like, so much. Like, this team 
And to be fair, this team they also added Juju too, who's a very good yeah, receiver. And Marcus Valdez Scantley and Sky Moore. Yeah. Like they, they replaced him with three or four rotational guys who are all different, all different packages, can do different things, and they might have the best all O line in the league. And it's yeah. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like Um Patrick Mahomes is a fair call, and that's probably the right call. I just saw Justin Jefferson. I've been tooting his horn. He was incredible week one. Was he not? No, no. My last question is best individual performance, Saquon Barkley or Justin Jefferson? And you just you answered it. Well, so, here's why I also want to chirp at you a little bit because we have argued about this for a while. Jerry Alexander. Everyone always tells me how he's good. And I keep saying I've never seen anything that tells me he's good. Justin owned him for freaking four quarters on Sunday. I just I, I don't do it is like and I know it's a big argument about following and not. I think Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes play their side. Which you can use that as a as a criticism of Jair. Yeah. Absolutely. But like they were moving like Justin Jefferson into the slot and he was over nobodies. He was moving him right. I think they were playing a lot. I mean, ju- they were trying to play zone. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson is just in the middle of wide open pop. He is. He's too Him good and Jamar that. Chase. It just makes you realize how good that 2019 LSU team was. I mean, that's just dumb. And the yeah. Eagles. Jalen Rager's not on your team anymore. You passed on Justin Jefferson. To be fair, like Jay Brown, though. A lot of guys passed on Justin Jefferson. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah he was like the sixth receiver off the board. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone saw Joe Burrow, and they were like, "Well, Joe Burrow made made those receivers. It was just college." Speaking of, the way the Vikings got that pick, they traded with Buffalo. Remember, they traded Diggs and a first-round pick to, to replace him. To, and then who'd they with get to replace him? But Justin him? Jefferson. So they literally got Justin Jefferson and another first-round pick. Like, When man. right now, I think you'd have to give Stephon Diggs and a pick for Justin Jefferson. Yes. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Uh, they're both really good. <laughs> yeah, they, both teams would do the trade again in a heartbeat, including the Bills. They yeah. they didn't lose any sleep. They love what they got. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Bills, are you ready? Or do you have any more questions? No, like I said, you kind of, in okay. a way, answered mine. It was Saquon or Jefferson. I'm yeah. obviously going with say Daddy Strong Sauce. I love down one. Go for two. Dable, I'm giving it to you, my guy. And, and he that hug for from it. Saquon after Dable after that, like you can see how much it means to Saquon. And I've always been like a closet Giants fan. I love Saquon Barkley. It was one thing if they hand him the ball and he walks in. Oh no, he had to fight for it. He was almost tackled out yeah, down. He literally juked the guy, got face masked, and then he's like, "Get the fuck off me!" Yeah, yeah, love it. it, was love it. Tough running. <sighs> Top ten, me or you? Um, I can start us off. That's fine. Uh, I'm just right. going to be quick. Um, and you can sit here and be like, okay, who are the 10 best one and O teams? I, I have a few teams with losses and I'm just going to keep it quick. Uh, at number nine and 10 after week one, it's hard to make a true big power ranking. We only see one game. Mm-hmm. I have them rotational. I have the Super Bowl teams, Rams and Bengals. That's fair. Uh, I think they both lost. I think the Bengals lost a game in which they played an anomaly. And I think the Rams lost to a team I have, let's just say, higher on this list. They're up there. The the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen in the game. Nine and ten, Bengals, Rams. Um, at number eight, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, mm. I know a lot of people thought I – you don't like that? Way lower than I thought. Yeah, okay. I have Way lower, lower than I thought you were going to have them. I have them lower than I thought because I thought from a complete team perspective, they didn't play well enough on defense to get higher. They played a team I thought they should beat handily, which they did last year. I think it was like 31-6 or something. Um, uh, maybe it's just me being so high and not liking them living up to my standard. Maybe a little selfish. I'm going to have them at eight. At number seven, I've got the Miami Dolphins. Um, they did play Bill Belichick in week one. Um, I was high on the Dolphins, but I thought they played really well. 
And what I saw from Mike Daniels, I know it ended up being a touchdown, but still going for it on fourth and seven to try and put the game away, I thought spoke volumes of what this team is going to be and how they're going to be going forward. They also didn't have Byron Jones, and that defense played really well. At number six, could be higher, but I have the Baltimore Ravens, um, a team I thought was going to be really good in the regular season. They played a terrible team and dismantled them. They did what they were supposed to do. So they're not six out of spite. I just thought there was five teams ahead of them that deserve a little bit better. Number five, Tampa Bay. Um, I thought they could have looked a little bit better on offense, but that will get going. New offensive line, running game looked really good, banged up wide receivers. But I think this could be the best defense in football. And um, they dismantled the Cowboys on the road on Sunday night. I have five. Number four, the Chargers. They won a 50-50 home game, I guess you could call it. Lots of Raiders fans in the building. We'll call it neutral site. And uh, they played the Raiders, who are a great team. And uh, without J.C. Jackson, that defense put the world on notice. We knew that the Raiders' offense was going to be explosive. They got three picks. Devontae Adams, eight, but no one else could really get anything going. And then Justin Herbert, doing a little bit of Justin Herbert, quietly putting up three tuds. Um, really like the Chargers at four, but they play the Chiefs this week, early week, no Keenan Allen. That's going to be a tough game. Number three, I have the Minnesota Vikings. They played the Green Bay Packers and beat the shit out of them. The defense looked incredible. Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter looked like a real duo up there in the defensive line. Harrison Smith with an interception. And outside of Patrick Peterson getting burnt, I know he dropped the pass one time. Secondary looked good. I love Kevin O'Connell. Christian Kirk looked really good. Number one and two, I think, are the one and two teams after this week. I have Chiefs at two, simply because I'm not as high on the Cardinals as I am the Rams. And, my Lord, 44 points. The Chiefs dismantled the Cardinals, walked up and down the field, and their defense looked better than I thought they would. And number one, the Buffalo Bills. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see that Bills-Chiefs game. I think it's like week four in Kansas City. Week five? Five or six. Week four is, uh, is Kansas City and Tampa. I can look at it real quick. I think it's week six. Yeah, it is week six. But still, I can't wait to see that game. Um, the Bills, a team I thought could struggle early, and then I, you know, I was going to everyone saying, where's their loss the rest of the season after their bye? This this team this team's real good. Um, again, it's week one. These teams will start to separate themselves, and the rankings might be able to be a little bit easier. But after one week, from ten to one, Bengals, Rams, Eagles, Dolphins, Ravens, Bucks, Chargers, Vikings, Chiefs, Bills. You confuse me for not having the Steelers. I I, I yeah, and you have one team. Very high that I'm. I didn't even expect you to have in their top ten. The Who's Dolphins. That, Vikings. The oh, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't have the Steelers because it is very hard to duplicate the type of defense performance they have, especially without T.J. Watt. And the offense has a lot of work ahead of itself. So I just thought, from a complete team perspective, I thought the ten teams that I have on here. Offense, defense, special teams, I thought right now, I thought are better than the Steelers. If the Steelers would have capitalized on their mistakes even halfway, that game would have been 31-14. So I just think there's a lot to clean up. It was a good win, and I'm very excited. But, um, yeah, okay. that's my list. My top 10, number 10, and this could have gone to a couple of different teams. Um but I gave it to the Steelers. I just think that when you – one of the reasons I picked them to cover the the spread against the Bengals is uh, obviously week one, divisional matchup. And I said something on the, the live show, and I kind of want to repeat it. Just because you have a great offensive line or upgrade offensive line, there's a reason certain defenses can exploit that, elite defenses. The Steelers have that. Now, mind you. Bad news for TJ. Did the you see st- the news today? I did, and that's great news. Obviously not great news, but it's well, better news, you know. 
Um, and the Steelers could obviously lose the next three, obviously, if, if TJ's not there, whatever. But um, as of today, you force the Super Bowl runner-up with that offense to five turnovers. Uh, yeah, I think you're pretty freaking good. So I got you at 10. Um, nine. Somewhat impressed. Not enough to raise them any higher than this. I got the Eagles. Um, they did enough. They did enough. And Jalen, to your credit, you've been speaking about this, was very mature. Passed it well, ran it well. Never. I don't think he turned it over, correct? Zero turnovers? Yeah, I think it was smart for Sirianni to let him have the running aspect of the game. I think he does need that. Yeah, I just think that he was he was great. Now, mind you, the, the Seahawks take the cake this weekend, but the Lions... They had a pretty hostile environment too. Sold out Detroit after Hard Knocks. Everybody's breathing the Hard Knocks water, and uh, Lions came to play especially late. So, um, shout out to the Eagles. Number eight. You turn the ball over five times. You drive down the field with no time remaining, and you score with that type of game. And then obviously Minka played made a hell of a block. Um. I still got the Bengals at eight. I'm so high in the Bengals. I think the Bengals are trouble for a lot of people. I got them at eight. Seven. These next two teams I'm, I have a hard time with because one played really well, one played really bad, but I think if they played today, one might beat the other one. So I'm going to go seven Rams. Uh, Rams have a little bit of issues. Offensive line is definitely one of them, but I think this team's still very good. They also have issues because they just pay down Robinson a ton of money and don't even know where he's at on the field. That's a problem in my opinion. Um, and to be honest, their play caller plays for this next team, six Vikings. Um, I was impressed with the Vikings. I wasn't as impressed. Like I, I thought they could score more, if that makes sense. But what they did do, I mean, they led from start to finish. They dominated the game. I'm going to give them their flowers because Green Bay is a division rival and stuff. But um, I got Vikings at six. Five, Baltimore. And I think Baltimore looked even better than I thought they would. And I know they beat up on the Jets. I'm not trying to talk up the Jets. The Jets are ass. But I think Baltimore, the way that they want it, throwing the football when they're typically a run team, doesn't bode well for the rest of the league. Lamar didn't get his contract. He says he's not going to sign now. Uh, hair on fire. Now, gosh darn it, Baltimore. Ken Kyle Fuller tore ACL out for the year. Uh, Ronnie Stanley tore another Achilles. Did he really? He, yes. I did not yes. know that. I knew about Kyle Fuller. Ronnie Staley tore his Achilles again. Yes. I, this, this team cannot catch a freaking break, but watch out for the Ravens. Uh, four, four is probably the easiest choice I had here. Because uh, these top three teams I just thought played better than them, but I'm still high on four. I got Tampa at four. Um, they beat a team I knew they would beat. Uh, they looked pretty good on offense, throwing the ball and running the ball, despite the offensive line issues everybody said they were going to have. They were able to get pressure on Brady here and there, and, and that struggled to finish off drives. But for the most part, I thought Tampa looked pretty good, especially defensively. Now, mind you, Cowboys don't really have much to offer. They scored the lowest amount of points, too. Number three, there's a chance that this team's probably too low. Um, but I think all three of these teams have a case for number one, so it is what it is. Somebody's got to be three. I gave it to Kansas City because I just, of the teams that these next two teams played, I thought Kansas City played the least of them, but they did obliterate that team. So um, props Kansas City. Uh, I was definitely wrong on what I thought they would be this year. They're definitely going to be better than that. But I do think that they will still struggle. I don't think that that's naive. That's a naive take. I think that is a very honest I mean, take that this team has a very tough schedule. Cardinals have nothing to scare you on defense. Yeah, and the, like like you said, the car. We are both lower on the Cardinals. I'm you're lower than me, but I'm still low. They're not a playoff team. And to be honest, like I watched most of this game. Did you ever think like the Cardinals looked that good? Like they looked bad too. It wasn't like it was like, oh my gosh, like the Cardinals are just, they just can't, they just didn't look that good. And without D Hop, I just don't know if this team had, truly has a number one and option. People like they scored 21. They scored 14 in the fourth quarter when the it's, Chiefs were mailing in. Garbage time. Yeah. yeah. Number two, Chargers. Now, 
it saddened me to drop the Raiders off this list. But I thought the Chargers looked great. Raiders have some work to do. But Chargers looked fantastic, and Justin Herbert was incredible. Um, Sucks for Keenan Allen. That may not bow well for them when they play Kansas City this week, like you alluded to. Number one, my most impressive team from the week, and we've seen it to start the year off. They beat down the Super Bowl champions, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, um, arguably the best quarterback in the league, playing like it. he threw two picks. One of them 100% was not his fault. The second one was borderline not his fault. Um, this team just uh, they just they're gritty too because they don't have a ton of star power. They really have digs. Outside of that, Gabriel Davis, I mean, before the AFC championship, or yeah, before the AFC divisional game, most people didn't even know who he was. So, I mean, good player. Um, but I got the Bills one, and obviously Von Miller signing there and looking like young Von Miller, that helps too. So. Yeah, I mean, look at the top four quarterbacks on your list. I mean, yeah, there is, there is some sort of recipe to that being, you know, I mean, I have Kirk Cousins and the Vikings squeaked in there, but like, still, you got Brady, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, all up in yeah. the top. Yeah, and I, I, I will say this: I thought the Vikings would win Week One. I didn't think they'd be as good as what I've seen. But at the same time, after watching what I've seen, I thought they would win more, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So, um, yeah, excited for the Vikings this year. I think they're a pretty good squad, and I love Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So, In terms of two teams I'm super high on, like, I am absolutely torn but cannot wait to watch Monday Night Football this weekend. We got the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't, I can't wait to watch that game. I don't know what I'm going to do. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know who I'm cheering for. I just want to sit down. Grab something to eat and just watch it. All right. Uh, one more thing before we go. Thursday night football. It is Chiefs at Chargers, correct? Mm-hmm. Who you got here? We said Chargers for the year. I know you're very high in the Chargers. Are you sticking with that or is Keenan Allen too much right now? I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, I think Travis Kelsey. Although he's really good and will still get his targets and receptions, he has done worse than what he normally does when he plays against Derwin James. Derwin James is kind of the Travis Kelsey of safety, that most versatile in and out of the box can cover. Um, I think they didn't place any pass rushers in week one. They will in week two. Khalil Mack, three sacks, was it? Joey Bosa coming off the other side. Um, Asante Samuel isn't going to have to face anything quite like Devontae Adams in week one. So I think the defense gives Mahomes and Reed their first real test. And then offensively, again, I think the Chargers offensive line, Justin Herbert, um, we'll see without Keenan Allen, that can be tough. But I look for this to be a close game. Neither of these teams are blowing each other away. And I'm sure there's going to be five, six, seven times where you're just Jesus, that throw was ridiculous. Like, you're just going to – we get two of the top five quarterbacks on display in the league, and it's – it's cold. Yeah. So, obviously, I have the Chargers at two. I have Kansas City at three. Sticking with I, the Bolts. I'm going to stick with it, too. Home game for the Bolts. Um, and as you alluded to, this this is a tougher opponent than what the, the, the Cardinals are. Uh, better pass rushers, better matchups all around. Um, Close game. Give me the Chargers on Thursday night, though. Bind you. Before we go, I want to let you guys know, this game, I believe, is exclusively on Prime. In years past, they've put it on other channels. I believe this is an exclusive Prime game. So if you do not have Amazon Prime, you will not be able to watch this football game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking it up as yeah, we speak. you won't be able to. Amazon Prime exclusive. So this is part of the, the Amazon's deal with the NFL is to try to get this on. Now, mind you, the NFL wants their product seen. If this does not do a good number, that's not good news. This no, this game's got to do a good. These are two top fledged quarterbacks. It's got to do and, a good number. Well, I mean, maybe I'm not even thinking about. Everybody has Amazon Prime. Like everybody. You would you would imagine? I guess there was a preseason game this year that was on exclusively on Amazon Prime, and it did a dud rating. And eh, to be pre-season. to be fair. Preseason does good numbers, though. It does better than and NBA if numbers. if you're going to try and get people to prime, maybe Chiefs Chargers is a way to do that. That works. Um, anything else before we go? 
No, I just one question. If they say TJ Watt's going to be six weeks of rehab, Patriots, Browns, Jets, Bills, Tampa, Dolphins. That means the week seven, his return would be at the Eagles. The following week, the Steelers have a bye week. Do you think they just tell TJ Watt, do what you can, recover the right way? Saints after the bye week is when he comes back. If everything stays on schedule, or do you think they put him in the second the doctors say he can go? Depends on the record, obviously. Um, but I will say that bodes well for you. You have two really in is inferior. You have two opponents that are better than you. The rest of those are coin flip games. If not, you guys are favored. I mean, you're better than New England today. You're better than the is it the Lions you got in there? No, uh, we'd say New England then and the Jets. Better than and the then Jets. You're saying the coin flip games are Browns, Dolphins, Eagles, which by the way are all away games. And then yeah, we have the Bills tough. in Tampa, which Bills is on the road. Those are both tough, yeah. So yeah, that'll pretty much wrap He'll that be, up. He should be back by the next time we play the Bengals, though. Cool. And if yeah, he misses I, I, the the Browns, he's only missing one of our six divisional games. Yeah, he'd be back for Bengals, both Ravens, and the other Browns. Yeah, and they're saying Dak's only out about a month now, too. Yeah, but so. they're dead. <laughs> oh, goodness. Sorry, Jen, if you're still with us. <laughs> Anything else? No, man, just uh, we lose Quinn Ewers and we lose TJ, but what a weekend of football. All right. Patriots suck. <laughs> Week one, man. That's right. JJ's a starter. We're we're hype. We're ready for Michigan football. Starcade. So. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for the live show on Sunday. We're back this Sunday. Um, thanks again for all the support. Football's back. So are we. We're out. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs>